What's up, guys? It's your boys, John Lee. And Jack Coughlin. And welcome to another edition of Courtside, Eclipse Nation podcast. Today, we're going to be going over um, our previous five-game prediction that the Clippers went on. Uh, pretty disappointing, but we'll talk about it anyway. We're going to talk about the point guard play as of late, the Clippers having interest in Mike Conley, uh, and then we're going to reflect on officially one year of Courtside. Jack, it's been a hell of a year. How are you doing? I'm doing great, John. I, I just can't believe it's been a year. It's just flown by so quickly. It's, I guess that's how life goes, but I'm doing great. It's good to see your beautiful face again on the Zoom. And yeah, I'm, re- I'm ready to get into it. How have you been doing? Oh, Jack, that's so sweet. Uh, I've been doing great. Thank you for asking. It has been a very fast year. I forgot we've been doing this for a year, but shout out everyone. We'll get into it more at the end of the episode. But first, let's start off with how we ended the last episode with our predictions on the Clippers going um, over their next five games. So the last time we left off, we previewed their next five games against the Nuggets, then the Timberwolves, then the Hawks and the Mavericks, and then the Nuggets again. Um, Jack, you predicted three and two, always the optimistic one. I predicted two and three, the realist slash pessimistic one. And we were both wrong because they went 0-4 in that stretch. Uh, we didn't count the yeah. Rockets win from yesterday uh but nonetheless we're still wrong jack um what really stood out to you about their stretch from that especially going down one and four oh man well it sucked to be without paul george for numerous of those games which was definitely a big loss even though some of them were still winnable and then i mean at first especially that first nuggets loss was really really annoying to watch but it's just the energy with some of the losses was really down, it felt like, especially that first Nuggets loss. And then just, you know, not finishing in that Hawks game was really tough. Um, I, I really feel like it's just the overall team aspect and, you know, the questionable Ty Lue calls that he was making throughout the game and what rotations he had and certain certain decisions he made. That definitely stuck out. I know a lot of Clipper fans were upset about how he was coaching in that stretch. I would say that definitely stood out to me as well. And then in just the energy and the effort and the losses, you know, that's been a trend sometimes with the team. So that certainly stood out to me as well. Yeah, I think you nailed it on the head. I feel like a lot of people would agree with you. Um, the energy is always bad every year. I think Zoo had a quote. He said that like um, every like it's ever since they got together, it's been slow starts and they need energy, which we'll talk about that later when Tyloo inserted uh, Terrence Mann to the starting lineup. But I agree. The Nuggets game, they did have PG. Um, who who hurt his hamstring the game before and then played in that and then ended up losing by like 50 or going down by 50. Very questionable decision uh, by them. And then Timberwolves game was, was ugh, no Kawhi, no PG, just like really unfortunate to watch. Uh, Atlanta, that's when uh, Terrence Mann started. Um, and I thought it's, I think it's the beginning of a good change. Um, for them, I think he should be the starting point guard for the rest of the season, but that's just me. I agree. Yeah. Um, we'll we'll get into that a little later. And then obviously good to get a win against Dallas, even though Luca drops like 40 point triple double, but he's gonna do that no matter what um we throw at him. And then the Denver loss was pretty disappointing. So I don't know. At least they bounced back yesterday with a win against Houston, but it's a lot of the same things you said. It's coming out like lackadaisical, like no effort. Um like they'll run sets, but it doesn't seem like they're running it with purpose. Um, I got a question for you as like a college athlete. Um, if you 
if your team started off like that, what's your coach saying to you in the first timeout? Like you go down like 12-4 and he calls immediate timeout. What's going on? Ooh, I mean, it, he's definitely trying to give you get us get us to wake up a little bit. It's definitely going to be, you know, it's it, it can differ. I mean, sometimes it can be some yelling. Sometimes it can be like, all right, listen, let's just it's all right. We we took the punch. Now we got to go back and get him. It, it's it's a good amount of motivation though. He's you know he's typically when you go down that early, it's not always just because of the game plan is really bad or they're you know just the better team. It's often just you're just, the team is asleep. The team is not really awake. It's the start of the game. You kind of got to get into it. So it's a big motivational get us going, get you, you know, waking up. That's usually how it goes. But man, if going down. 30 and 40 that's yikes i don't really know what that would be like that was that's when it's like all right enough yelling this is it's the the yelling is going to work you kind of got to go more more calm but yeah typically down 12 4 it's you might you might have to get yelled at real quick to get you to get you to wake up and actually start playing basketball yeah tyler's not really much of a yeller it seems like too yeah that was more doc yeah so it's kind of like when uh i understand when coaches yell when you're going down early against a team you should beat um, and then, like you said, like, hey, just like uh, we got to execute or something like a little calmer. That's against like a better team that just like threw the first punch. But I don't know. It, it continues to happen. This team's just old, slow. It's there's not a lot of athleticism besides like now, including uh, man. And then I, I like the starting of coffee last uh, last game as well. I think that's that's something new, something good. Uh, and plus more size with that two spot, I like six, seven. So. I, don't know, I I thought that's good. I think they're gonna need man for that energy to to pick them up a bit. Um, but speaking of man, let's let's talk about uh, why he's starting, and it's really because of the point guard play uh, from Reggie and Wall. Um, they just haven't been really the best to start out. Um, during the season or to begin the season, it was Reggie that was starting, and then we when Wall would come in off the bench, we like loved Wall. Like he would push the pace. Um, he was hitting jumpers slightly um, better than he usually did. And then now it's kind of like gone a little downhill from there. And then Reggie, I think, is just getting really beat up, um, just playing through injuries um, and having to just go through everything with all these guys out. Wall actually did get injured recently. He's going to be out for at least two weeks with an abdominal injury that he believes happened on his dunk over Zeke Nagy that last game, which was a pretty nice dunk, though. Not going to lie. Oh, yeah. It was all it was over his... Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, I thought it was his, uh, he was in his hoop mixtape days Um, once he threw that down. But it was great. Him and Kawhi got one on him. Yeah, Zeke Kawhi Nagy. got one on Poor day for Zeke Nagy. I mean, they got to win. <laughs> they got to win, though. Yeah. So I guess that's what matters. But, yeah. And then now uh, with Wall out, Reggie's going to lead the second unit, which paved the way for Terrence Mann to be the starting point guard. So... Jack, what are your thoughts on John Wall and Reggie so far before we get into T-Man? I mean, John Wall had definitely been playing better before he got injured, so it did suck to see him get injured, especially at this time. He's definitely been slightly inconsistent throughout the year. He'll have some good stretches. He'll have some bad stretches. But overall, I mean, he's, he's still a good addition to the team. He's not going to be perfect. But he did seem like he was coming into form before the injury, so it sucks to see him go out. And Reggie as well, He you know, he could be inconsistent too. Um, and make some questionable decisions. So I, I do really like Terrence Mann being the starting point guard, and I feel like he's more – he might not be as good of a catch-and-shoot three-point shooter as Reggie Jackson, but I feel like 
he's more consistent because he's still a solid defender. He's a solid passer. He's going to, you know, he makes a lot of winning plays. He's younger and athletic and is, you know, he's more, he's better at driving in. So he's going to be more efficient driving. And if he's hitting the catch and shoot three at a consistent rate too, I mean, he did well against the Rockets. He, he was able to shoot the three ball really well. He shot five of eight from three that game. So if he can continue that and then still make his winning plays, play defense, you know, pass really well and play make and do all that. I really like him at the starting point guard position. And I think Reggie leading the second unit could be good. He can be a, a scorer off the bench for us as well. And similar to the Norman Powell. So yeah, I'm excited to see how this, this type of rotation and lineup looks the next few games as well. Cause it's only been a small sample size. Yeah. I agree with you on that. I think, I think wall, he, there, there's been a lot of criticism on him, but I think I would lean towards him being your backup point guard over Reggie. Um, that's just my opinion. Cause I think he can give you a little more of what this team needs is like someone that's getting downhill um, and push the pace. There are times where he's kind of like, he, he has like some blood. So in him and he just throws it up no matter what, which is pretty bad. Or he'll leave his, he leaves his feet to pass a lot. Um, and I think as long as he's taking control jumpers, um, and jumpers that are like um, within himself, then he's fine. But um, what would you do once uh, Wall's healthy? Are you going with him as your backup um, or are you going to go with Reggie? Mm, I feel like I would like to see how Reggie plays as the second unit first throughout these next few games to, to see about that. He has been, you know, inconsistent. He'll have a good shooting night, a bad shooting night. Yeah, I feel like it's going to depend on how Reggie plays as the backup point guard with the second unit for the next few games before deciding that. But do you, I mean, do you think there's a chance Reggie is out of the rotation? I mean, he was out of the rotation a couple of games ago, so it was it was like done by then. And then last game uh, with Wall out, he did lead the second unit. In the first half, he wasn't that good, uh, and then the second half, he had like a little stint in the fourth where he did look good. He had like a nice assist. He had um, a floater. Uh, and then I think he had like a bad turnover, but it, I think even Tyloo said, Hey, he, he's used to playing big games and now he's going to like DMPs and not playing a lot. So like Russ is going to come. So I, I think that it's gonna, I think you're right. We need to see how he does with that second unit. And I just wonder what like DMPing John Wall would do. Like, I feel like it would get in his head. Um, we saw he's liking tweets on Twitter. Um, so <laughs> for motivation, like, I don't know what, um, I worry about those two guys just because they they're both very in their head. I feel like a lot. Reggie seemed like really upset um, during his DMPs. He wasn't happy. He even threw his goggles last game. So I I don't know. I worry about those guys. I'm I I wonder how Tyloo handles that because it's hard because one of them has to not doesn't have to play. One of them um, is gonna play over the other um, if things where things stand. Um, or we may end up not seeing either of them play once Luke and PG get um get back. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how Tyloo handles that. But I think I'm gonna lean towards Wall um in that one. Yeah, so. and then especially with the trade deadline coming up, if yeah. One of them's out of the rotation. I could definitely see us trading one of them to try to get I mean they it said that they were looking for a backup big too. So yeah, I could see that happening in a trade if one of them does get fizzled out of the rotation. Yeah, we've yeah, we've been saying they they need a, a trade to consolidate wing depth because we were getting Roco DMPs and now he's come now he's actually playing, he's playing well. So it should have been hit, he should have been playing this whole time. But now maybe they need a point guard um 
consolidation so they can I, get one and then help get a backup center. So um, that, that, that'll that be interesting. But I, I think for now, um, we just need to see what Reggie will do with that second unit first before assessing anything. Um, I agree. Yeah. Um, apart from that, let's move on to the positive for the point guard play. And that's going to be Terrence Mann. Shout out courtside alumni, Terrence Mann, way to represent <laughs> for us. Um, he was named the new starting point guard against Atlanta, I believe. And then in those past four games, he has some really great numbers. He's averaging 16 points, five rebounds, three assists on 54% shooting from the field, uh, 50% from three on 4.5 attempts. It's mainly skewed from the Houston game. Um uh, where he had 31 um, and five threes, but still 50% four game sample size, still really good. 4.5 attempts. I don't think it's going to be that high going forward, more probably like three, um, but still pretty good. And he's shooting about 86% from the line and playing 37 and a half minutes per game in Woo! that span. Yep. And he played 40 it. minutes twice. Um, so that shows you how important Tyloo thinks he is. And he's a plus eight. In those four games, so it's the courtside alumni players, Kim and Kennard. They're yes. doing great. It's it's not a coincidence, all right. We're trying to tell you people this is not a coincidence. We should we should get the other point guards on here, and that and it'll be genius. Great. Yes, Reggie it's actually genius. Reggie and John, free invite. Come whenever, whenever your schedule is. I'll whenever. pull them off work, get fired, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> I'll I'll, still I'll, I'll skip practice games. I'll I will literally quit the team if that's what it takes. Okay, Jack, let's not go there. Okay, I won't do that. I won't do that. I won't do that. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, but no, shout out T-Man. He just looks he just looks like a different player from um, prior years. It, it's cool because every year he gets better. Like the, his rookie year, he's like uh, put into the point guard spot. He hasn't really played it too much. The year after that, he goes from getting DMPs to like him and Luke in the Atlanta game to getting minutes and then the Utah game that year. And then last year he makes another steady improvement um and does well as a starter again goes back to being a backup point guard um once Bledsoe gets traded and now this year he's the starting point guard as of right now he's looking more confident in his jumpers he looks more of a shot hunter um a little bit more uh compared to previous years when he catches the ball uh it there's like this little nuanced thing uh it's probably not that big of a deal but he ran a pick and roll um, and the defender went up under, and then he just confidently hopped and went into his three. I don't remember if it went in or not, but I think something like that, coming from a guy who used to hesitate from threes, um, is a huge sign. I think it's I think it's great to see, especially that Houston game where he put up 31, which is his regular season career high. Um, but he's been just playing phenomenal, and Ty Lue recognized it with the amount of minutes he played. So, Jack, what has stood out to you about T-Man's play? I mean, it's been wild that he was getting DNPs earlier this year. It's it's clear he's a winning player. He's going to help the team win. And, yeah, I, I feel like the confidence has also really stood out to me. I mean, that's, like, the biggest part of basketball. And, of course, we I remember all we were talking about last year and the year before was always, like, his, his confidence. Like, don't hesitate. Just play basketball. Just, you know, play your game. And so seeing his confidence being sky high right now is a great sign. And I feel like just as his three-point shooting has been standing out to me because – that's one of the main things why Reggie Jackson was starting is he was a great catch and shoot three point shooter alongside Kawhi and PG. And if T-Man can do that, plus play defense, plus play make, plus be a winning player for the squad, I feel like it's a great decision to keep him starting and just keep on doing it consistently. It's going to just help the team win more games. So I'm really excited this can 
stay happening throughout the next stretch of games that the Clippers have. Yeah, and he's doing all this improved stuff um, along with still being a great cutter, still um, rebounding the ball well at his position, and still um, um, getting downhill. So all, all that's gravy um, to what he currently brings to this team. So hopefully Ty Lue can stick with that. And then Ooh, hopefully – gravy? Yeah, it's gravy. Like I, good I, on I top like of it. I like that one. Oh, I'm going to steal that one. That's a that's a great one, John. That's like a normal thing to say, but okay. Um, I, I, haven't, I haven't heard that one too much. I'm, I'm going to take that. All right. Um, anyway, so ho- <laughs> hopefully we could see him um, alongside uh, PG and the rest of that starting unit. PG actually practiced today. Um, and then I believe Ty Lue said he doesn't know about his status yet the next few games. And they got to see uh, if he has any setbacks or anything. They play Philadelphia tomorrow. We're recording this on the 16th. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. I doubt he plays tomorrow. Maybe not against Utah either. So I would expect him maybe uh, this weekend to suit up again. Um, Kennard didn't play, so we still have to see that. Um, and speaking of the past four games where Terrence Mann has been playing well, um, other two Clippers I want to shout out. Norman Powell's been averaging 19 points over the last four games, and he's looked every bit as the player that they'd hoped he would be as that six man. And then Kawhi looks almost pretty much back to normal. He's averaging 29, seven and four on 50, 47 and 97 splits. So he's also looking like himself. Um, Jack, I feel like Norm is going to be massive in the playoffs. He, I, I really do. We haven't even seen Clipper playoff Norm yet. Yeah. I mean, he, he's so important to the team because how many other guys can get downhill like that and really attack the rim um wall does a little bit um or he does a lot and it's like both those guys in your backcourt off the bench and then team man so and norm being a three-level scorer as well and drawing fouls and getting free throws he gets us so many easy buckets yeah and then yeah taking care uh taking advantage of the bonus he's he's great at that especially a guy that's like not an all-star getting those calls is like still impressed it's very lou will-esque um because lou was the master at that in my opinion so shout out to those guys uh hopefully they they can get a little streak going even though it's going to be a little tough stretch but um anyway so the clippers play philly tomorrow night and then i believe it's utah the night right after that and we are seeing some rumblings of the clippers wanting a certain utah guard in mike conley they were linked to them in the off season um before they acquired john wall but it looks like that um, since that point guard play still like not um really realized realized its potential yet that they may still be interested in him. Um he's making 22 million a year, and the Clippers have their 2027, 20, 28, and 29 first round picks available and some packages that could work for Conley if they were to execute them would be uh Marcus Morris and Reggie, Morris, Coffee and Boston. And then Morris, Reggie, Boston for Conley, and then throw in Vanderbilt. And then you would probably have to put in picks, uh, whether it be first or a couple of seconds, um, because Utah's going to want to build for the future. So, Jack, do you do any of those trades seem good for you? Um, do they move the needle for the team if they do make them? What do you think about this situation? Mm. I mean, if Reggie were to get taken out of the rotation, Morris and Reggie wouldn't be that crazy of a trade. I mean, I I wonder 
I, I feel like that wouldn't be that crazy, especially if Reggie's out of the rotation. Maybe Utah says, all right, we can get, you know, Morris, and then Reggie might still get minutes for them. And they could, I mean, there's, they were doing really good at the start of the year, but now they're not doing as well. Maybe they want to do that. I, I do feel like they might want picks. So that's the only thing. I, I'd still kind of be nervous to They're going to want picks. Give up. Yeah. So I, I'd be nervous to give up picks, first round picks for Mike Conley. It's kind of like, a little, it's pretty risky to me. He's still a great, he's still a very solid player. I won't say it a great player, but he's still a very solid player. And I mean, he's a known Clipper killer too. So it'd be cool to get a Clipper killer on the Clippers. Um, I, I don't, I don't know if I'd give up coffee and Boston for him. And getting Vanderbilt would, would be actually a, a solid yeah. pickup too. If we can get both of them. I, I, yeah, but you're right. They're definitely going to want picks and that's kind of what makes me nervous. So I'd be hesitant to give up a pick or two picks for, you know, Mike Conley, 22 million a year. That's, it'd be a little, a little silly to do that. But if we can somehow finesse a trade where we don't give up as many first round picks or that, that, that might be a bit more appealing. What do you think? Uh, Yeah. To me, they're not, they wouldn't accept it like Morris and Reggie. And the thing is that helps the Clippers because you do a one-to-one for a point guard that will play. Um, and then you get rid of if you get rid of Morris, you can open up time for Covington to play. So that would be ideal. I mean, even if you would get rid of Morris, Coffee, and Boston, you you're gonna now have four five point guards on your roster. And that if you get um you get rid of Morris, uh Reggie and Boston, um for Conley and Vanderbilt, um, you kind of get you kind of maybe a back Vanderbilt's like six nine, so he's not really a center. But he's another guy with size that could help you. Um, I don't know. I, I'm in the boat that I don't think they really need to make a trade for Conley. I think they they should just make a consolidation trade either for a power forward or for a backup center. Um, but I do think they need a little bit of something, and they need their stars to come back and be healthy. But um, do you think they even need a trade for Conley? I don't really feel like we need to. I feel like a backup big is much more important for the Clippers to trade for. I feel like it's much more important, but I mean, yeah, Mike Conley would be a great addition. It's just I, I wouldn't want to give up first round picks for Mike Conley making twenty two million a year. He's aging now. He's still solid, but he's just getting up there, and he's tend to get injured sometimes too. So it's just I wouldn't give up a, a haul for him. I I feel like another big is much more essential for the Clippers if they were gonna haul and give up a pick. Then that that's what I feel like it should be for. Yeah, my like wish list is like maybe John Collins, Kuzma, um, or like somehow get Pirtle or some other big. Um, or I feel even... like we have enough wings though. Like I feel like Kuzma would be great, but we just have enough wings right now. That's true. That that's a good point. I think he just like they need more youth. Um, that is that's a good point. And some yeah. burst uh to it, and then like I'm I mean if you if you got him, you'd have to get rid of like. Uh, at least one or two of your wings too. So it's like it kind of like consolidate that plus get in talent. But I, it all depends on what other teams want and what they're willing to accept um, in order to give give that guy up because he's going to get paid major money. Um, and then like a guy like Collins too. Um, uh, so I think maybe just the backup big and then you just say, hey, we, we gave you the front office, put this roster together. Um, now we got you the backup big. Um, we got you the point guards. Uh, they aren't playing as well, but you made the right choice uh, to put man there. Now you're gonna, now you got to play the right guys and get that combination because you're still like arguably one of the deepest teams in the league. Um, once you just play everyone, they played right. 
So I don't think a trade is a hundred percent necessary, but I think it would help. Um, but it would, ha- I don't think it would be like a major makeshift trade. It would have to be yeah. some margins. I also don't think they're going to, I mean, the season is definitely not a wash, but it's not like, okay, go all in on this year. 1000% because it's been kind of a weird year for the Clippers. So I don't think they're going to do a trade for a, just this year rental. Like Kuzma's, probably going to get a decent sized contract yeah. in this off season. The, the Clippers aren't going to give it to him. So uh, I feel like it, it, it would, they, they wouldn't go for just a rental for this year. They would want to trade for someone that they can keep for a couple years. Yeah. That, that was the good thing about the norm trade. I thought, cause they have him locked up for the next few years. Um, yeah. And he's already, he was productive last year before he got hurt. And he's been great this year apart from the beginning. So those, those are like the type of trades and they got a Roco extended. So that was like a good move by the front office for that one. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see what they do. We'll probably have to release another episode. Um, once they do have, um, pull off a move or if they don't pull off a move, we'll still release one. We know, um, we know they're pulling off a move. It's, it's we'll, the Clippers. We're, we'll see. we're pulling off a move. Yeah. They did it last year. They did it the year before and they did, they did it every year, uh, in the two, one, three era. I think they did. Morris was the first year. The next year was Rondo for Lou Will, sadly. And then, they did, <laughs> and then they did Norman Rocco. Um, the year after that. So we'll see how it goes. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, price line. Um, Even before the 2-1-3 era, you know, we had that crazy Tobias Harris. Oh, yeah, that that's night. right. And then before that, uh, Blake. <laughs> they, yeah. They got something crazy every year for the past, like, every five, year it happens. five years. So, yeah, we'll see. But speaking of just reflecting on years, today marks one year of courtside. Wow, Jack. Has it been Man. a ride? It has been a ride. A fun ride, a magical ride, a ride I wouldn't change a thing about. Exactly. So um, we just wanted to share, reflect on this past year because we can't thank you guys enough for your support. Um, Especially everyone who's gotten us involved with um, helping us get great guests, helping us get to where we're at today, uh, getting us to talk with you guys. You guys have been great. Uh, Shout out to Sabrina Merchant. She was the one that brought us on uh, to even make this possible. And she really gave us the platform to do all of this. And so, Sabrina, thank you. We appreciate that. Probably not even listening to this, but maybe one well, day you, she Sabrina. will. Yeah. We'll telepathically tell you thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jack, did you have any goals when you start when we started the pod? And if you did, did we accomplish them? I mean, honestly, it, a lot of it was just fun because it's just fun talking about the Clippers. And we also started it when... You know, it was still, we were just kind of coming out of the COVID era and there was still, you know, I had a lot of free time and it was just, it's just fun talking about the Clippers and getting to record it and put it online. And I feel like a goal of mine was definitely just to grow more of a following with talking about the Clippers because I'm very passionate about sports broadcasting and sports media. So that was definitely a goal and that's for sure happened this past year. And I would say just to keep growing more and more and to, get more and more listens from different viewers and maybe even different fan bases and 
to keep expanding my knowledge and getting better as well, just at doing this whole podcasting thing and doing this broadcasting thing and just improving on that every single time. It's kind of weird listening to our old episodes. We really have gotten a lot better at this. Like we were, we were still all right at the start, but it was, it was, it was, it's a lot different for sure. Yeah. I hate listening to our old episodes. I don't even do it <laughs> just because, just because we sound like so terrible. And then once you listen to like the other podcast, other Clipper podcasts out there, they just sound like they're just like talking to each other as a conversation. Um, but we, I feel like we've gotten better at that. If that was a goal, we, I think we accomplished it and getting it better to me. Uh, I don't think we would have, I didn't have any goals coming in, but I think if I did, we probably would have, ex- we probably exceeded them. Like just by having some of the guests we have, like, I just want to shout out some of the, the major guests we have. We had uh, Clint Parks, um, who's been great, even on Twitter, like great interaction still. Uh, Luke Kennard, uh, we got his media availability um, during All-Star when he was in three-point contest. That was that was our first big guest. Um, you know, me and Jack were just super nervous about it. Um, what, what was your day like when you found out that we were going to interview him? Oh, my God. I was at Whole Foods getting a sandwich, and I check into the Slack group chat, Slack group chat, and I see Christian hit us up saying, hey, do you want Luke Kennard to be on your podcast tomorrow? And I immediately freaked out. I like I started calling everyone. I was like, okay, Luke Hart's gonna be on our podcast. Oh my god, oh my god, I got the good questions. I gotta do this. What, what is happening? And dude, we had only literally done a few episodes. It had been less than a month of doing this podcast. It wasn't yeah, like we were not ready. Rolling. <laughs> not at all. And it was only for like 10 minutes, but I, I started freaking out. I had to prepare, I had to overthink every single question. And it was I was free, I was going crazy. But yeah, that, that Luke one, I remember we were um we were like preparing for the questions longer than the actual interview. Like we were like going back and yeah. forth, asking people what we should ask. Um, and then like, we we're like editing our questions. We're like, okay, we could only do this. And then luckily we got to go through all of them. So, and he was great. He was answering, he was giving us great detail. Like and all that. it wasn't just like regular generic, like media trained answers. Like he was giving us a good, like a good back and forth. And he was like really cool with us. So it was good. Out. We had that. It was honestly good that it was like a short, 10 minute or less yeah, interview before for our we did a real too. one exactly when like the t-man and brian ones were like 30 40 50 minute long ones yeah no uh, that, that's what i want to say the terrence man one was probably the crazy to me the craziest just because of like how we got it um shout out andre our editor um who's also a guest in our pod um he he literally just got it for us and then we prepared and then we we got that one and even that one was crazy what what was it that he thought it was like he was in eastern time and we we're in the pacific so he thought yeah. it was one time and then we had to like rush to our computers to like actually do it yeah i remember that because it was going to be at a certain time and then it changed the day of and so i was like oh okay let me you know do these things before that ends and then we did realize he was in a totally different different time zone so i remember i get home and you you got the notification that he had just joined the meeting and weren't you at work or something? I was I was working from home and I freaked out. <laughs> and I was like, oh shit, we gotta go now. So <laughs> yeah, I, I immediately grabbed my computer and microphone, ran to the room I had to do it in, just started sweating already. That, that was crazy. <laughs> he was super cool though. No, he's really cool. I, I was just talking to any NBA players really enlightening or and stuff like that. And I got to I th- I got to see him pregame once. I reminded him. Zero chance he remembered it, but it was still cool to see him um and talk to him. But um that was like one of the best memories like I've had um 
in doing this. And then I think Brian and Ralph, like I, to me, those are our best episodes because they're just natural storytellers and just so good at their job that everything flowed. Like everything, every answer was great. It was like multi multiple minute answers. And they're just like, uh, they're, whether it's reminiscing or telling us about their job, like, and they were just both super nice. Like, and then even when you meet them in person, they're super nice. So those are some of my favorites from them. Yeah. And I, I really liked the Brian one too, because it was funny, of course, how we, you know, we waited out the bathroom for him, like right when we started the podcast. That was the day we, you and I met too, for the first time. Yeah, the first time. I'd only known you as a little Twitter profile picture and a Zoom online face. And Brian was cool because I feel like broadcasters, they don't really get a chance to be interviewed a lot. Like they're usually the ones doing the interviews and talking about other players and games and basketball. But then he got to really talk about himself. And it was crazy how since second grade he wanted to do this. Like that Mm -hmm. does not happen often, especially with, you know, sports broadcasting. And he told some awesome stories like a Ralph story was an all timer. That one was great. He, He was super fun to talk to him. Yeah, he he was good. Ralph Ralph was great as well. Like he, it, Ralph felt like I was like in a time machine. Just hearing his voice <laughs> made me feel like I was going back, like to listening to like the Lodge City era. Um, and he yeah. was great with stories as well. And um, his book was great too. So shout out to them and shout out to the yeah. other guests that we had. That um, like Chuck from Hoop Dreams Pod, Joey, Josh from SV Nation, Nicole from SV Nation, Natasha Die. Like they were all great. Um, there's something else you want to say about Ralph before we. Close this out. Oh, it was just like such a cool first full circle moment. Like we just heard him on Lob City days talking to us. And then we get to interview him like years and years later. Like it was just crazy to me. And I never really thought like, I remember when we started this podcast, I, I remember you had to convince me a little bit. Cause I was like, eh, you know, like everyone has a podcast, yada, yada. But that was the best thing you ever did is convincing me. And I never thought like, I thought we would, you know, we'd talk about games and it'd be fun. Then we're over here, like interviewing Kennard and T Man and Brian and Ralph. I I did not think that would happen. I mean, it happened quickly too. Like we we pretty we got to interviewing those people pretty quickly, which was really cool. We weren't and, ready either for any of those. <laughs> like we we were not like at that point. So we we somehow managed though. We we find a way. That's what courtside does. Yeah. And then we had the great moment too. You got you came over to my house and we watched a game. You did the 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 infamous one ship. Was it the one chip? Yeah, it was the last dab. Or oh, something. no, it was the hot sauce. It was the hot sauce. Yeah. You put it on a chip. That's what it was. You put the hot sauce on a chip and then started dying and tried to be all cool and try to make your way through it without reacting. But you were dying a little. You were definitely dying. Yeah, I was. But that's what Courtside <laughs> does. Courtside brings people together. Uh, and that's what we did. Whether you're a trainer or a player, a broadcaster, a Twitter fan, a writer, um, doesn't really matter. Like, we all... We had like all our, all these cool people we met because of it, and we're really thankful. So just uh, thank you guys for always listening to us, um, even though we're like idiots a lot of the time. We still appreciate it, um, just because at least someone's got to listen to us uh, while we talk. But um, anyway, um, yeah, thank you guys a ton. We're just we're just two Clipper fans wanting to talk hoop, and and that's 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 what we try to bring. So thank you guys for listening. If, yep, thank you listening. guys. As always, Jack, where can these people find you? The lovely people listening can find me at Jack Clippers on Twitter and Jack.Coglin on Instagram. Sweet. You guys can find me uh, at Courtside underscore Clips on Twitter and then John underscore Lee 12 on Instagram. If you have a Visco, just search up Courtside dash Clips. That's where I put some of my other good pictures. If you guys want to see those, you won't. But anyway. (laughs)
Uh, thank hey, you. And I'm on Be Real too. Uh, Jack Collins. No, no, no. We're fine. We're fine. We don't need Be Real. Anyway, thank you guys again for listening. Let's make it another year. And as always, go Clips. Go Clips.